0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now.
0: It is ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitri. We want to welcome you back on a good old Tuesday. We we weren't here on Monday. We told you all that on Friday. So if you were upset that we weren't here, we want to say, hey, we were looking out for you. We let you know at the end of the show on Friday. But we are back, and, and we also want to always, always thank you for making us atl day ones that is your first listen of the day and remember we are free and available wherever you download your podcast and we always ask you have one more request right we only ask you to once you go to the podcast platform that you download your stuff from once you download us once you listen go ahead and make a five leave us a five star review you know, for you know, for us because we know you like us and you know we rock with us mm-hmm. all day every day, so now we got a we got a lot of good stuff on board. We're gonna talk about the Atlanta Falcons and how this Arthur Smith led offense can be better or not. Um, <laughs> the Atlanta Hawks, what can we? draw from the boston celtics and uh, the warriors is there a blueprint to find somewhere there for travis Link in the atlanta hawks and maybe even tony russell can get involved as well we'll get into that but and last but not least for the culture the johnny menzel lookalike wanted to do what on the sidelines (laughs) but but before we get there we gotta talk to start with the atlanta falcons uh t you know um there have been a lot of conversations about you know the Atlanta Falcons needing to add more weapons to this offense for Arthur Smith. It seems like Terry, Sm- Terry Fontenot heard that message. Yeah, he he, yeah. he he took heed to to the um, office of minded head coach. And with the basketball teams like players that they yeah. bought in here, not six eight six seven guys, but you know, but six three six four six five six six. You know they are locked and loaded as yeah. far as if they want to do a pickup basketball game mm-hmm. a, after practice <laughs> up there in Flowery Brent. So. Um, My whole thing is, you know, thinking about it and kind of looking at some of the numbers and where they were offensively last year, T, Mm -hmm. Um, do you see this offense being better than it was last year?
1: I do. I do. And I think it's because it was what Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith did to round out the offense. So great that you added a Drake London to give one more weapon to the receiving core, Overall, because, of course, we know receivers and tight ends, but sort of to, to that that receiving game, if you will, and to help out so that Kyle Pitts is not the only target that you have to pay attention to. Right. There you go. And Olamide Zaccheaus, definitely, you know, he's serviceable, if you will, and then going out and getting more uh, Brian Edwards uh, from, from the Raiders, that that should uh, help out tremendously as well, just in terms of, again, rounding out that room. But for me, it was really what they did to add to the running back room as well. I I feel like there's going to be some competition, some competition, maybe not to who that first string back is in Cordero Patterson but maybe to give, and not just competition to Cordero, but also to give Arthur Smith and Dave Ragone some different kind of pieces to play with, right? Right. So whether or not Damian Williams starts to show his old self, his former self, or whether you see some good sparks out of Tyler Algier, or as you and I was a little bit of a head-scratcher for us um, to see uh, Williams essentially go from specialist to possibly the secondary room uh, to the running back room to see Avery kind of make that move. Yeah. (laughs) if nothing else, so it could provide something there. And of course, we've been talking about the fact that when you uh, release the likes of, and I know I'm going defense here, but follow me here, but when you start Mm -hmm. to release the likes of a John Kaminsky or you know, we're looking at what is going on with um, Deion Jones and the possibilities. we don't know what's, like, what's gonna happen there, but you just never know. Oh, we know, we just don't know how. When you talk about even a little bit of opportunity, for there to be some salary cap space just to give maybe possibly shoring up some more things on that O-line, Jarvis. I kind of like the direction they're going, and I think they put themselves in position to be better. And, no, hey, look, who doesn't like a good quarterback competition in terms of you got something serviceable? Possibly. And Marcus Mariota, but <laughs> you got Desmond Ritter lurking.
0: No doubt about it. And I think two good things that that, that stood out for me for what, what you and what you just said, right? Like, you talk about the running back, the addition of Tyler Aguirre, right? And then you talked about the offensive line. Like the offensive line and the running backs are pretty important when it comes to the running game, right? So, looking at last year, let's look at. I'm bring up to give you this stat from last year: the Falcons were 31st in rushing yards per game last year. It rushed in about 83 yards clip per game, yeah. you know, and 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 that's. And what has uh, – and for Arthur Smith to I, – I think in order for his offense to be successful, that's kind of where it has to live, right? And, and, and that's how I answer this question because is the running game going to be better? Because that's the mm-hmm. only way this offense gets better. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like they were 16th in passing yard game because we know a, a lot of that was – you know depending on you know who they had at quarterback right matt ryan and right. you know and, and being able
1: sometimes trash yards so let's just be real right, right of course yeah
0: because they were down in games because they had no choice but to pass oh, you to. so yep. you so that, that's the that's how that that's how the offense that was the storyline from last year right mm-hmm. and they got behind in games the defense couldn't stop anybody so they wanted to run the football but they couldn't so they had to figure out creative ways in order to move the football up and down the field so that's what you, that's how you ended up where you are in middle of the league in passing yards per game and in yeah. the bottom of the league in rushing yards per game. Mm-hmm. So that's how I'm going to answer that question. And I was just like. I don't know because they have the same offensive line coming back from last year as the projected starters. I say projected starters because there's still a chance, mm-hmm. you know, they can go out and make some moves. And we've talked about on this show yep. continuously, you know, J.C. Treader, I've been a, 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 mm-hmm. an advocate for him as well. Yep. And it seems like people agree with me who do their shows on YouTube as well. So, you know, <laughs> you know that was a little shot there. Sorry. I had to get in there. But um, <laughs> I think that when you put all of these things together and, yeah. and you start to think about what. How this offense can be better? I think they have to run the football. There is okay. no other way in order for them to be better. I don't care how many weapons you have. You can have Randy Moss and Terrell Owens, you know, little brothers out there playing on on on, on with a Falcons uniform on, and they will not be better because. Yeah. Arthur Smith, the offense starts with the run game because he wants to play action. He wants to get his quarterback out on the edges in that play action and get them on the move and, and move those defenses and get those guys to thinking when and when it comes to what coverages they're going to be. in. so that's, for me, I think that's why – that's the most important piece. Is the running game going to be better? And the only way the running game be better is the offensive line is better.
1: Agree. And also – to get some improvement. There was some, I'm going to call it incremental improvement in red zone efficiency, if you will, but mm-hmm. where you really get your success, and you I'm talking about truly, truly moving moving the needle, especially in that lower red zone, is for you to have a back in addition to CP who you feel like if you just need to gain that one yard or you oh, just yes. need to gain it's fourth and in inches, you feel confident that you've got the running back to either get you that extra four downs or just punch that bad boy in right away so that's why i'm looking and saying ah everybody is focusing not these two folks on this this show but everybody else has been focusing on that that receiving room slash tight end room but i think where they're going to really make their bread and butter which actually speaks also to arthur smith and how he had success with the titans it wasn't just about the tight end room although everybody loves to talk about tight ends. it was about derrick henry And what he was able to get out of that offense with the Titans because of Derrick Henry. So you're right. That's where this offense is going to see its success or kind of leveling out at the end of the day.
0: At the end of the day, we well, speaking of leveling out, how about the Atlanta Braves? I think that's the perfect segue, right? <laughs> well, they lose to the Diamondbacks six to two. Um, and you know, <laughs> that's one of the things that T like it is so frustrating sometimes when, when we talk about this team, right? Because, yeah. you know, there's you know, there's some excitement, right? That happened over the weekend. We didn't get a chance to talk about it. Michael Harris made his debut, he was able to go one for three. On Saturday, and you know, and get his first major league hit. And they started showing all the pictures when he was a a youngster, first drafted by the Braves, and being a Braves fan. And it was just everything was all good. It was the perfect setup, right, for them to, you know, go on a little win streak. And they didn't do that. So I I think that when you think about, you know, playing a team like the Diamondbacks and, and, and special stride again. This first, you know, first start of the year, and and, mm-hmm. and you know, it just and it just seems like it was just more of the same with them, right? Because you had yeah. the 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 fl- the kerfuffle in <laughs> Mar- Marcelo Zuna, and then Matt Olson, Seriously. you know, and it's just like, what are y'all doing? Like this is simple stuff. This is not even asking you to go above and beyond and what you're what you're called to do because. Matt Olsen won a Golden Glove in, in 2018 and 2019. So, like, what are we really – like, you you dropping balls? Like, like what – like, this, these this type of things that they have to get corrected. And I think that there's nothing from an outside perspective or outside force that can get them to do it. I think they just have to simply do it.
1: Yeah, I, I would agree. And it's frustrating because Spencer Strider, it gets lost in the shuffle that he struck out Seth. Okay, I know. And he only walked two. So if you hadn't dug a hole for him and extended the inning, the inning yes, the way you did so early, then you also made you put a, a lot of pressure on an offense that has tendencies to sputter. So <laughs> right, a, I mean right away you're putting them in a position of liability to the point where it really made me ask, okay, all right. I know Alex Anthopoulos, he'll go with an experiment in a heartbeat. Braves made the decision to bring Marcelo Zuna back we all kind of got it. Okay, fine. But now, here we are. We know it's the first mile marker, Memorial Day. You're nine and a half games out of first place in the division now yes you are second but that's probably because the rest of your division looks like it looks like just be honest And yeah, so some poopoo more poo too point, <laughs> the more important point is that you're 23 and 26 and the mets ain't met him quite yet okay yeah. so that's where it starts to become a concern of like okay Anthopoulos is not afraid to make a move so if a birdie on the street said that Jorge Soler who is actually doing pretty decently as far as his RBI. He's still in the top 20. They're not going
0: to ball out of park too. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And
1: he's still getting home runs. So if he's getting players, if players are in position and he's actually knocking, you know, running batters in and he's actually getting home runs as well. Maybe if he's interested in coming back, maybe that's an experiment that should be tried because Hey, the Adam Duval experiment, at least for the back end of last season, bringing him back and a portion of this season, did work to some degree. So I don't know. I feel like yes, we've gotten to this place. We kept staving it off, staving it off, and saying, okay, let's see, uh, let's wait until Memorial Day and see what it's looking like. Well, this is what it's looking like.
0: Yeah, and this is what it's looking like because. You know, you're watching us on YouTube. You're also actually listening to us on all your podcast platforms. Yeah. When you go to YouTube, put drop in that Locked On Sports Atlanta in that search box and we'll pop right up our beautiful, well, Tanisha's beautiful face will pop up and, and we'll, we'll make sure you just check us out there. Make sure you do that. We uh, appreciate you for liking and subscribing to our YouTube channel. But coming up next, T, the Boston and Celtics and the Golden State Warriors are in the NBA championship what can Atlanta Hawks learn from them how do they get there we'll discuss all of that next on locked on sports Atlanta it's ATL day ones with Jarvis and T
1: welcome back to ATL day ones I am Tanitra Batiste and this is Jarvis Davis we appreciate you guys for dropping by and coming back on the other side of your long holiday weekend thanks again for always checking us out on YouTube so get back to subscribing and telling a friend about us as well as everybody on the locked on sports Atlanta network and of course Anywhere that you get your podcast, definitely download our podcast and go ahead and leave us a five-star review as well if you like what we are dishing out. And we hope that you do for the most part. Now, granted, we know you're not going to necessarily like this because we don't like the fact that yet another United player has gone down. Ronald Hernandez out for a couple months, it looked like, with an MCL injury that he sustained in this past weekend's match. So, man, Jarvis, was like, gosh, you know, just can't get a break sometimes here with Atlanta Metro sports.
0: Yeah, I th- I just think it's just a matter of like whatever move they make, it just seems like it's the wrong one or it ends up being the wrong one. And yeah. they're just reeling right now in order to try to figure things out because they've had so many issues as of late. So, you know, hey, they're just going to continue to figure it out and, and continue yeah. to make moves to try to fill those holes that they have right now.
1: Exactly. When we talk about next man up, Gonzalo Pineda is definitely in that situation. At least he does have the two-week international break to kind of figure it out. And I don't doubt that that means that club, which operates very similarly to how the Braves operate, they're going to go out and be aggressive and find the player that they need to help them through the rest of this MLS season. Now, another team that's looking to be aggressive, but it's in their offseason, is, of course, the Atlanta Hawks. And we are looking at being on the precipice of the NBA Finals right now. Golden State Warriors are going to represent for the Western Conference. Celtics coming out of the East. And these are two teams which really it's like the best offensive team and the best defensive team, especially the back half of the season, are coming together for this best of seven series but you know what jarvis if you just laid at the feet of the best offensive team versus the best defensive team that kind of simplifies it a little too much because at the end of the right. day two of these players are all nba steph curry jason tatum you make those first teams if you will because you bring something very very special to the table and both of those teams are committed to two-way play especially from for their starters, but really even with their bench play. So it really made me look at it and think to myself, okay, so you kind of see some similar blueprints in terms of how the doves and the Seas got there. What are some of the things that maybe the Hawks can take away? And I know they're starting to tinker around with it. And some things they do like the, the doves, some things they do like the Seas. But what are maybe some of the other things that you see in the rosters that, these, that both of these teams are bringing to the table come Thursday, that the Hawks can step back and say, hey, maybe we're kind of seeing a blueprint we can use so that we can get back into competition where we're going deep in the playoffs next season.
0: I think it was kind of interesting that you, you know, that, that to bring that, to, to pose it like that because, you know, um, Chuckery on, on Hit Hard with John Chuckery, make sure you go check him out. Yeah. He had an interesting, you know, dialogue or uh, monologue, so to speak, you know, <laughs> about what how, how those teams have, have come together. And I thought it was very interesting because it's kind of similar to what, you know, the Hawks are already starting to do, right? Yeah. Because first of all, you got to draft well. You know, yeah. I, I think that nobody is complaining about John Collins and, and what he's done since he's been a, been a Hawk. Nobody's complaining about Kevin Hurd and what he's done since he's been a Hawk. No, You better not be complaining about what Trey Young has done um, <laughs> since he became a Hawk. So all, you have pieces, right? And yeah. and, and I think that Travis link has brought in some guys that have – that was able to get that team to where they got to just a couple of years ago in Eastern mm-hmm. Conference Finals mm-hmm. and and maybe an injury away from getting to the NBA Finals you know what yeah. i mean of Trey Young so i think right now they have to continue to follow what these teams are doing, right? Because, you know, Celtics brought in Al Horford, right? He's mm-hmm. a savvy veteran. They brought him back, actually, yes. you know, because he was, you know, sent off to – shipped off to the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, and he was kind of yeah. in, like, in in la-la land over there not not doing anything. And I think that, you know, when they brought him back, the expectations really weren't that high. You know, like, oh, okay, you bring it back Al Horford. But, it, okay. it, right. you, you know, paying attention to the playoffs, you're like, okay, this is what, you know, they exactly what the doctor ordered. And mm-hmm. then he flipped over to the Golden State side, right? Andrew Wiggins was considered a bust. He probably still is a bust, but I think that no one was excited about that win. Right. Maybe even the Golden State fans were like, ah, oh, Andrew Wiggins, okay, whatever. Like, we'll figure it out. And then he's come to be a guy that's been somewhat of a force in the NBA playoffs for them, man. He even won them some games. I can make a case mm-hmm. for that, that he's won some games for oh, them no throughout this playoff run. And for me, I start, you know, start looking around and looking at some guys that may potentially be be those type of guys, an Al mm-hmm. Horford type guy, or a, you know, a, um, a, um, a Andrew Wiggins type guy, is a guy like Jeremy Grant, right? Because he's a guy that can, he's a little versatile. You know, he can probably make get you some run at the three or the four if you want to go kind of small with it. He averaged about nineteen points a game, only do a four rebound, so I don't know if I necessarily want another four, maybe. You know, that can't necessarily be consistent from a rebounding standpoint in a double-digit mm-hmm. element realm. That's what that's the world I want my four to kind of live in, you know? Yeah. So, um, you know, those are the type of the things that I think that Travis Lane has to think about when you're talking about continuing to follow the mm-hmm. blueprint that the Golden State Warriors and the Boston Celtics have set.
1: Yeah, and, and if we're honest about it, Golden State definitely had some quirky things kind of happened to them right in this right. whole eight-year stretch where they're going to the nba finals six time in eight years if you will and one of the quirky things was a two-year stretch where you barely you kind of saw shades of stuff curry but Steph was injured a lot and right. then of course clay thompson, clay thompson yeah. completely and then jonathan jonathan comingo was out that was a back and forth piece for them as well kavon looney had his issues so the thing about them is they can figure out viable pieces when somebody viable goes down. So yeah. that becomes the question and consistent. When I say viable, I mean consistent pieces, right? Right. And the same thing for the Celtics. Now, everybody who's been listening to me for, I don't know, the better part of three, four months, whether here or in on other platforms, knows that I slid down the wall when the Hawks didn't get Derek White say what you will. But I, yeah. that that was that was where my heart was kind of disappointed. And Jeremy Grant was actually somebody I looked at as well, like for a possibility. But, uh, and the Hawks were thinking about him too at that trade deadline. but You know, it might yeah. work out. Pistons didn't get any offers that they wanted. So they just decided to keep him. And they could very well decide to keep him because they may say, hey, having him, having Kate Cunningham, we have some pieces we'd like to just add and see what that turns out to be. But my right. point being, if you're going to be like the Celtics as well, and you say, hey, we're bringing back Al Horford, we hope to get something out of him, and then we really get something out of him. And then Derek White, you can intersperse him, bring him into the starting lineup, bring him off the bench, he works. You can do the same thing when you're talking about uh, Robert Williams, if you will. you talked about Marcus Smart. You just got interchangeable pieces that right. seem to work. That's the question for me. So I don't even know Jarvis, at this point, because so many names are being bantered around, right? Yes. Zach Levine, Bradley Beal, uh, even Joel Embiid. DeAndre Aiden. Everybody. I mean, really, you could just open up a book. And it's funny you said that because we were even, I was looking at some odds makers this morning, right? And talking mm-hmm. about who should go where. And I said, oh, that's interesting. You know, the hugs keep creeping up everybody's board in terms right. of possible free agents and the hugs being in the conversation. For me, it's more of, What's the blueprint that you see with the Warriors? They were able to get some good pieces in the draft, but the Hawks don't have that good luxury this year, and rightfully so, because they're, they're getting somebody at 16, right? It's going to be right. a middle of the road player. They had the same situation last year, so I don't know that you're going to get greatness unless somebody just surprises, right? Mm-hmm. So to me, it does boil down to free agency, and then you hope that you get somebody like the Celtics were able to get some bodies, in free agency if you will and then going back to the warriors you hope that you get the pieces that can be in place so that if a piece goes down you have what it is that you need to counteract that person going down
0: yeah and and that's the thing right you know there's a like you have to like travis Lang has earned his check right you know you know the, like Golden state you know sought out different guys that they said okay just we know we have an older base right we know we have an older core so those guys are going to miss games we know that so we have to prepare for that that's why they brought in a guy like andrew wiggins you know that's why you've seen a guy like jordan Poole starting to come into his own you know when it comes to what you know what needs to be done in those those particular situations and Mm -hmm. you know i think that you know boston's they they went out at the trade deadline and got a derrick white and said this is the guy who's a ball handler because when you think about it the way the celtics play Mm -hmm. They don't really have a... I mean, I know Marcus Smart is technically a point guard, but but he's not a true point. He's not a true point guard. So I, I think that when you have... That diversity, you know, once, you know, guys being able to have different roles because Tatum can bring the rock up. Yes. Jalen Brown could bring the rock up. You know, those guys can get the offense, get into that offense, even if it's uh, ISO Joe. Mm-hmm. You know, it's old to shout out Joe Johnson, my guy. Uh, you know, it's a pound, pound the rock Joe. So, you know, you can be able to do those type of things. So, right. when, and and I think Schlank is in a space where, where that is vital for him in this offseason to earn his check because the owner said that, hey, we underachieved. Hey, this person underachieved. Hey, this person underachieved. And Travis Slank was in that part and was it fill in the blank there. And Nick McMillan was filling the blank there as well. So I think all of those things are factors that to say that, – all that to say is that I think this is probably the most important offseason for the Atlanta Hawks that we've seen in quite some time
1: yeah yeah and again going back to the comment about ball handling really that should be across all five because honestly yeah. raymond green can bring up especially the ball
0: with today's game ball. yeah exactly mm-hmm. and on yeah. some
1: level can even create his own shot here and there same thing on the celtic side they can really intermix pieces so very well i love what they're able to do and that's why i was saying in pre, pre-brief that with a Jeremy Grant type, if you can get something out of him that is a three but looks even like a two, we know he can he can uh, swing to the four, but heck, if it can look even a little bit like a two, I'm all for it. What all I'm right. not for is folks who get on the football field thinking they can do things that really should be relegated to either the club or what they do at the spot. And then <laughs> another bright spot straight out of Atlanta is shining bright on the big stage. We'll talk about it both. And for the
0: culture on the other side, it's ATL Day Ones. Final segment of ATL Day Ones with Jarvis Antonitra. This is for the culture. And it is the intersection between sports, entertainment. And the culture. And sometimes it's whatever the hell we want to talk about. That's just how we get down on this show. And we make sure we want to acknowledge that you guys have been getting down with us by liking and subscribing to our YouTube page. We appreciate y'all. We really, 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 really do. And we always (laughs) want to let you know that we are freely available wherever you download your podcast. And and, and a little extra here, make sure you go ahead and give us a five-star review. We really appreciate it in advance if yeah. you don't do it i will question your character judgment i will question everything that you have in life if you don't give us a five-star review you see how important this is i am dwelling on this thing Literally. all right <laughs> but but now nah, we really appreciate y'all you know for going ahead and do that because you all have been doing exactly what we've been asking of you and that's to continue to check us out And we really appreciate you for that we love y'all really do really mean that all right t so, um, there's a, a, a quarterback that's playing in the fan control football league now. It's down here in the city, so they play here. So, a lot of people have been kind of getting a little buzz about it, you know, because um, Johnny Manziel plays in it, plays in the league. You know, Terrell Owens plays in the league. And there were even some rumors that Michael Vick may have made an appearance, and you know that got people riled up. <laughs> um, but it comes to find out that he said he was going to stay retired. We understand, Mike, we get it. Cause yeah. we know you are gonna sell that bad boy out if you would have popped up on there. But this particular <laughs> guy, um, <clears throat> Mr. Stewart, mm-hmm. threw a touchdown, and he proceeded to go to the sidelines. There was a a, a young a young brother um, sitting on the sitting on the kind of like kind of set up like arena football. So he was kind of uh-huh. sitting on the little piece right there, kind of like you know. Just straddling it real quick, and the mm-hmm. guy came over there, grabbed something for him, <clears throat> something. I say, <laughs> you know, and I put that in quotation marks, something. And uh-huh. uh, he uh, proceeds to fire that bad boy up. That means put fire to all my people, and done with it. He put fire to it and proceeded to smoke it. Come to find out, it was a blunt. T the man on fired up right after he threw a touchdown. What is going on in the world today? What? <laughs> I don't get it. A, okay, I was I was so shocked, and people thought it was Johnny Menzel at first, but kind of find yeah. out it wasn't. So, but yeah, it was very interesting that the young man um, proceeded to um, take a hit of the uh, the reefer, as my old folks would say.
1: And I know that fan controlled football hits different. I know. <laughs> Yeah, it's a different atmosphere, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Kind of like, okay.
0: Brings a whole new meaning to take a hit, right?
1: (laughs) What (laughs) are you doing? I mean, what are you doing? Get your life together. I mean, like okay. And and I'm going to play just a little bit of devil's advocate. Just a little. Okay. I know that some players definitely do use um, their little tree you know a little smoking of the trees to yeah. help them with injury right deal yeah,
0: with CTE and all that, all that good stuff right. or whatever not CTE right. but you know or just yeah. in
1: general yeah. um, just injuries in general I've definitely heard players say that it does help to have a little gummy here or there just to kind of mellow you out tone to just help you to deal with those injuries I get right that. but I know your mama told you there was a time and a place for everything. Go back to what she said and proceed accordingly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I not think I'm collecting anymore. <laughs> and you know the uh, the team um seemed to uh kind of be on the side of kind of where we are right now. Uh, they end up cutting him. He end up getting cut. So, you know, it's unfortunate oh, that you case. know the man lost his job and stuff. You know, but he was balling out the four three of the four games that he started. I'm sorry he he uh he started four games. He right, was the MVP right. of three of them. So so I mean, he was out there balling but you know, like you know, nobody I know smoking the marijuana is a little bit uh more accepted nowadays, but uh yeah. Not during the game. Right. <laughs> not during the game. Uh what's accepted around here is uh a local product. Coco yeah. Golf T. Yeah. She up here getting to got doing her thing. I know you uh you, you mentioned it about what she got going on. So, you know, talk about that lo- the local product that is uh, making a lot of noise as of so late. So
1: excited, so excited for what she's doing. 18th in the world. That's an amazing ranking for her age. 18, uh, yeah. if you will. And being able to do something that only three or so players have done in, in the history of the game. And here you are, you know, in the quarterfinals and Serena that,
0: Williams, that's all I got to say. She's exactly. in the same category as Serena Williams. So that should tell you everything you need to know. Right. Exactly. Same conversation. Yep. Right. So, <laughs> when we
1: think about what she's doing and the fact that she is single handedly, kind of, along with Sloan Stevens, kind of keeping that the women's American tennis at the forefront because now, right. going from the quarterfinals, headed to, to the semifinals, hopefully going to make history again on Wednesday. But yeah, straight sets win 7-5-6-2 seven, seven, this morning uh, over sloan Stevens So we always like to shout out our local product continuing to hone her craft. And we're just excited to see what it is that she is going to be able to continue to do. But yeah, Coco Golf doing some special things at Roland Garros
0: yeah no doubt about it and we just we are supporting her right here on atl day ones because it is just it's so fitting that we're talking really? about her on the for the culture because she coco is definitely for the culture that's for sure
1: that she <laughs> is that she is and as always our for the culture segment is for you guys for the cult the intersection of sports entertainment and the culture but really and truly this entire podcast is here for you guys each and every day so don't forget to be the first to check us out first at atl day ones but you can also check out anybody on our locked on sports atlanta network each and every day so why not make your second stop today a to Z with Mark Zeno. You know he will bring it each and every day. And you know he's going to give you some things to make you scratch your head. Might even make you a little bit mad, but he's going to make you think and stick around to see what he has to say. So check him out and come back tomorrow, of course, and check us out so we can talk all things sports here in the A. You guys be safe. It's a beautiful day. Go enjoy it.
0: Y'all come back now, you hear?